Well, what a nice surprise the past two days have been. We are back to crystal ball season, and it seems like Parker's balls have dropped more in the past couple of days than they have in the last few weeks. The balls have been dropping all over the place, Parker Thune. Yes, they have. And most of them have been uh, very encouraging and positive signs for OU's roster as it sets up for did next I, season. Did I drop my balls before we went on the air yesterday or after? Um, I feel like it maybe was even it during. Been, it might have been during. Did you yeah, it during? actually might have been during. Wow, talk about that. Doing in the middle of a segment, dropping a ball at the same time. Unbelievable. Multiple Mul- balls. Multitasking. <laughs> yeah, multiple balls during the show. Maybe that'll happen today. Maybe we'll be in like the third segment and I'll get a notification that Parker just dropped his balls for. Uh, for uh, Braylon Presley to uh, OU. Maybe that can happen in the next 45 minutes or so. Man, I know I, that would make a lot of people happy. I tell you what, uh, if Braylon Presley were five inches taller, I would have already dropped my balls. Mm. Well, hey, just don't screw this up the second time that's around. What, that's what I'm saying. I think that's hoping, what everyone's hoping for right now. You know? Yeah. I'm hoping the height thing doesn't become as much of an issue as it was the first time around. Uh, especially with a new staff in town that hopefully – I mean, they offered Dylan Edwards, so clearly they're not that concerned about height. Yeah. Which, by the way, Colorado, I guess, uh, has offered Dylan Edwards as well. So oh boy. boy, am I thankful I don't have to cover that recruitment That's going to get interesting. So what crystal balls have dropped? What are we talking about? Well, um, crystal balls have dropped in OU's favor for Austin Stogner to return to Norman. We'll get into that one. That's very interesting. But really, the, the crystal balls that are dropping the most is seemingly Deshaun McCullough, who would be the Indiana transfer. He said, I think he tweeted out earlier today, that uh, he, he was just named to an All-American team. I'm not sure which All-American team that is, but we talked about him all day yesterday. He is a pheno- he, what, he had a phenomenal freshman year. Here's, here's kind of my opinion, Parker, is, you know, and this goes for the rush as well, we spent most of the day talking about Braylon Presley and talking about Austin Stogner. And yep. rightfully so, because those two guys are more known around this fan base than maybe Deshaun McCullough is. But flat out, who's the better football player? Who maybe has the higher ceiling out of all the players that we talked about yesterday? I think that you can make an argument that it's McCullough. Maybe. Well, I don't think there is much of an argument there. I think in terms of pure ceiling, it's 1,000% Deshaun yeah. McCullough. That's a guy that's going to be a freshman All-American. That's a guy that will start next year at Oklahoma if he is a Sooner. That is a guy that you can be very excited about. You should be excited about Austin Stoddard coming back because I think assuming he does indeed commit to Oklahoma, he is going to eat next year because people need to understand he's better than Braden Willis is, and Braden Willis is freaking good. Austin Stoddard, when healthy, is better than Braden Willis. Yeah, but can he pass? I don't know if he can pass. I don't know if he's going to he run the serving. Wildcat. I don't know if he's going to be serving as OU's <laughs> backup quarterback. But in terms of playing the tight end position, you would take, I think most people would take a healthy Austin Stogner over Braden Willis. And that is no knock on Braden Willis at all because he was one of the three most outstanding performers on OU's entire roster this year. So you want to be on the record saying that Stogner is a better tight end, but Braden Willis is a better quarterback. Yes. Is that how you want to yes, uh, I'm comfortable in, with that, that. in that argument there? I'm all right with that. No, I'm, look, it's... It's just really hard in the portal, even though there's over a 1,000 players that are in the portal, it's just really hard to find really good front seven players. Um, I mean, let's be honest. You can find good wide receivers. The Pac-12's leading wide receiver is in the portal right now. 
Um, you can find good quarterbacks. I think every quarterback in the ACC that started this year is in the portal right now, or at least that's what it feels like. It's a lot harder to find legit defensive players who could be day one impact guys for you. And I'm not saying that Deshaun McCullough would be an All-American next year or anything, but what I'm saying is if you have an opportunity to get a legit front seven guy, a really good linebacker that had a dominant freshman year, I think you should be really excited about a guy like this. Not saying that you shouldn't about the possibility of Braden Presley or Austin Stogner. It's just you need help at backer, and this guy is its the help at linebacker that you would, that you, that you would want. 100%. McCullough greater than Vosick, asks one listener. Different positions, different yeah. players. But... I like I'll, I'll I'll go as far as to say this. If you were in the market for a cheetah in the transfer portal, I don't know that you could do any better than Deshaun McCullough. I think that is quite literally the best case scenario for Oklahoma. Mm, you you want a little something breaking? Thank you to uh, my buddy Chris Lambakis for uh, texting me this. So, uh, oh, it's, <laughs> I'm about to pull this up. Trace Ford, uh, the o- OU versus the world, tweeted out like an OU helmet peeking around the corner. So, uh, yeah, uh, OU's putting the, uh, the press here on Trace Ford. You don't say. And um, it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of stand by and see what's happening in Oklahoma State right now and, and all of the proven commodities that they have in the portal. And I don't know, Parker, I just wouldn't be all that surprised if one or two of these guys from Oklahoma State end up on OU's roster next year. So OSU fans are already, I mean, they're, they're, they're worried, they're concerned with what's going on. I wonder what the response is going to be, though, if a couple of their players end up on OU's roster next year. Does that make it all the more worse in how that situation is viewed? I don't know, but here's, here's what I do know. So hang on, hang on. Explain the whole Trace Ford thing to me. Again. So he, Trey, li- he, he liked a tweet. No, or? like o- Oklahoma versus the world. Just uh, he sent out his um, he sent out his uh, announcement that hey, nothing but love for Stillwater about an hour ago. His, his goodbye post to Oklahoma State and the OU or Oklahoma versus the world tweeted out a uh, a photo of an uh, of a player in an OU helmet looking around the corner. Like, yeah, we see you. Yeah, we see that you're out there in the portal. And there is some smoke out there that Trace Ford could be interested in OU. So, yeah, some, I, just, that I had somebody try to tell me last night on the OUinsider.com VIP board. Well, Chavis doesn't follow him on Twitter, so there can't be any legit smoke. Oh, jeez. Because Twitter follows tell all, apparently. But no, like, that's real. That's real. Pay attention to that one. Stogner doesn't seem near the athlete as Braden Willis. Not as fast, nor the heart. Call me an idiot. But I would take B. Willie every day and twice on Sunday. That's and from listen, I, I would posit that the reason you have that opinion is because you haven't seen a fully healthy Austin Stogner in a long, long time. And not only a fully healthy Austin Stogner, but a fully healthy Austin Stogner who's being utilized correctly because he was not in 2021. Was any pass catcher in OU's offense that year utilized properly? Um, I don't think so. No, I mean, Mims led the team in receiving, but I think he surpassed his season total this year and say what you want about the season that Marvin Mims had this year but I feel like he surpassed his season total from last year like in game six or seven something crazy like that like literally midway through the year so I mean to your answer no not really anybody and he did not produce a whole heck of a lot of South Carolina anyway 20 catches 210 yards one touchdown he was used primarily as a blocker but I I, listen you want to you want a reminder of what kind of football player Austin Stogner is and what kind of tight end he is, what kind of talent he is at that position, 
Go back to the Red River Showdown in 2020. Oh, yeah. And watch the replay of that catch that he made in the first overtime. It was basically a jump ball on what was it, a third and ten? I think it was. It was a third and eight. Texas had all the momentum at that point because they just scored two late touchdowns getting overtime. Like, yeah, I, I brought this up yesterday, man. You talk about Drake Stoops' touchdown catch and Trey Brown's interception to seal it, but that was like, that was without a doubt one of the biggest plays of the game. And all it was, Parker, is making an athletic play on a jump ball and coming down with it for a touchdown. Yeah. So On the text line, Stogner's a big old boy who can catch a football and hold on to it. He's reliable. Uh, Stogner would light it up in Levy's offense. I might take Braden over Stogner. Stogner's a better pass catcher. Braden Willis is better at blocking downfield and has a better motor. That's fair. And, again, I think the two are very close on the same level, but in terms of just overall value at the tight end position – and like like I said, Stogner is not a backup quarterback the way that Braden Willis is. But if you're talking about specifically a pass-catching tight end, as well as a blocker, I think Willis is a better blocker than Stogner. Yes. But Stogner yes. can certainly yes. hold his own as a blocker, and there are very few pass-catching tight ends yeah. in the country now, like Austin Stogner. Who's the better football player? Well, does it really matter? I mean, they're not going to play on the same team next year. The, the fact is, is that... Stogner can do some things that Braden Willis can't. Braden Willis can do some things that Austin Stogner can't. The important part about this is if you get Austin Stogner, it is addressing a real need within this offense. We saw how much, regardless of who you think is better, Braden Willis or Austin Stogner, we saw how much OU used the tight end last year. Yeah. They used it quite a bit. They need the, they need a tight end in this offense, and you're going to be bringing in a proven commodity at that position. That's It's big. It's important. Regardless if he's a one-year guy or not. Yeah. So. And again, I think much like the Deshaun McCullough situation, this is close to, if not the, best-case scenario for Oklahoma in the portal. Because find me a guy that's better suited to play Cheetah at Oklahoma than Deshaun McCullough, and find me a tight end that's better suited to play tight end in Jeff Levy's offense at Oklahoma than Austin Stogner. You should be Really excited about those two if you're an OU fan. How highly sought after is Deshaun McCullough? Well, even the punter is uh, <laughs> getting in on the recruiting pitch on Twitter. Did you see this? Brady Braun uh, quote tweeted Deshaun McCullough today and said, you know the move. Uh-huh. I in arrow okay. Saying yeah. uh, go from Indiana to Oklahoma. So even OU's punters are in on the deal right now trying to get a uh, one of the better uh, young players in the Big Ten on defense to, uh, to OU. And if it just, I, I don't know, I, anything could happen. We know that. But it, it looks like not only is one McCullough brother eventually going to pick OU, it, it kind of feels pretty good right now that both of them might. Yeah, and those, that would be, that'd be a big time haul. Those two will be going somewhere together, and per my balls, <laughs> I believe they will be going to OU together. Uh, are you plugged in on the Justin Flo situation, Parker? This comes from the 580. And what are the chances BV can get him? Um OU's a player in that one. Now, that is a big, big addition in the portal if OU can land him. So, temper expectations because it is still very early, and he's the caliber of player that you don't want to get your expectations too high too fast about because you don't want to set yourself up for disappointment if he ends up elsewhere. But the two programs that I have heard are in the best shape immediately right off the bat for Justin Flo are, somewhat unsurprisingly, Oklahoma, given the Brent Venables yeah. connection, and Miami, given the Mario Cristobal connection. So um, Oregon rolled out to the horseshoe last year, 
and they beat Ohio State. Is that the game that Justin Flo got hurt in? I feel like he got hurt in that game, yes. maybe, and yes, he missed the rest of the season. And I don't know if he's still battling some injury, um, you know, some injury things or not, but highly rate coming out of uh, high school, and he was d- doing some very nice things for Oregon early on. That's that's a take if if you can get Justin Flo. I mean, it is. Um, if we if you get Stog, says the text line, does this scare away a younger tight end? No, no, I don't think so. No, Stogner's a one year guy. You're not gonna take. I mean, you've had plenty of opportunities to take a tight end in this class, Malachi Coleman. They 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 not. They're not going to. So, no, he's a one-year guy, and then I'm guessing you get a tight end in next year's class. Maybe yes. you go portal again. Who knows? Tight, certainly a tight end, maybe two in next year's class. It it, it kind of makes you wonder, though, like, how early did Joe John Finley have this thing lined up? Oh, I mean, because yeah, sure. I'm going to guess this didn't all just come together yesterday. Not with the immediate smoke that, hey, he's in the portal Hey, there's a good chance that he uh, that he ends up at OU. Sure, uh, and, and we got to remember this too, Parker. And I'm not saying that this was necessarily the case for Austin Stogner. I don't know, but many of the guys that we've seen insert into the portal in the last 48 hours have already known uh, where they're going to end up or where yeah. they're going to play next year. Yeah, and forgive me if I am under the impression that Austin Stogner knew exactly where he was going when he entered the portal, and I would be very surprised at this point in time, if he is not headed back to Norman. Per the text line in the 918, three different NFL draft reports have Austin Stogner's big, biggest weakness as drops. Dude had a pretty big case of the dropsies, if you remember. Well, hey, you know what Oklahoma has plenty of? Jugs machines. <laughs> Do they? Those, can you confirm that? Yeah, can confirm. Okay. that That is an issue that can be fixed and will be fixed. We've heard Brent Venables talk about drops before. He was just basically like, look, I'll have a guy go stand out there in front of the jugs machine as long as he needs to. So if Austin Stogner is uh, pulling overnight sessions, just him in a jugs machine, I I have no doubt that come 2023, if he is indeed in an Oklahoma uniform, that's not going to be as big of an issue for him as it has been. In the well, world. he wouldn't be the only one on the roster that's Yeah, I was about uh, to say, he fits right drops. in, doesn't he? Fit he fit right in, you know? So... Yeah, he'll he'll fit right in, unfortunately. All right, uh, text are rolling in. You know what we do here. We'll do our best to get to all of them. Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Who are we still waiting on, though, for the OU roster? Like, okay, this person could enter the portal. They could even maybe enter into the NFL draft. Who are we waiting on as it's day two in the portal? We'll tell you that and a whole lot more coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Oh, the Ref Army tuned in. It's Portal Day 2 right here on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, Holliston, Massachusetts, Honolulu, Hawaii, Irvine, California, Mount Dora, Florida, Mabelvale, Arkansas, Greenberg, Indiana, and Layton, Utah, our small Oklahoma town of the day, Newkirk, Oklahoma, which is uh, just north of Ponca City. So, appreciate everyone across the country. I think that's the first um, – I've gotten a text on the text line from somebody listening in Hawaii, but that's the first time I've seen Hawaii um, actually show up on the map. And I feel like Alaska has too. So I think that today might 
signal uh, that we've covered all 50 states from Have people we? listening we even to hit the Rhode app. Island. Yeah, yeah, I, I read okay. some Rhode well, Island sometimes. Yeah, okay. sure. Love it. KREF in the App Store. Download our free app there. Uh, Colin Schley, Kent State quarterback, has just entered into the transfer portal, which we all remember him. I know a lot of you were impressed by the he way that he played takers. that night. He will have takers. Yeah, he will. No, he's he's a nice he's a nice quarterback. I don't know if like a uh, Penn State or you know someone Georgia or someone like that, but um, could he maybe sneaked into a Power Five school in lower potentially? Maybe. Uh, I think he could potentially have some high major Power Five interest. One guy that's not in the portal yet, but that I expect to be a quarterback that OU fans are very familiar with, and a guy that I certainly expect to have. High major power five interest. Arch Manning, yeah. <laughs> Try Michael Pratt, Tulane. Oh, wow. Okay. So, huh. I wonder how many years, does he have like one year of eligibility remaining? No, so he's actually, let me count here. He's got two years of eligibility remaining. Okay. So he's class of 2020. He's actually pretty young. So he'll beat Muleshoe and then probably go play for an SEC school next year. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Maybe he'll be the starting quarterback at Tennessee next season after he beats Muleshoe in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I don't you know, know. honestly, you know how I think the starting quarterback at Tennessee is next season? Nico Iamaleava. Yeah, yeah, probably As so. a true freshman. Well, with as much money as they paid him during the offseason, yes, they may be obligated to have to start him as a true freshman next year. Uh, speaking of Kent State, I would really like to see uh, – well, OU's offered Dante Cephas, but – is Colorado the scuttlebutt there? I feel like his head coach like is going there to beat the OC. So, Colorado is about to get very good, very quick. Well, apparently, Travis Hunter, former five star, is uh, about to roll out to Boulder. No, to trust play for me. CU. Do you think that what Muleshoe did at USC was a remarkable turnaround? Colorado might take it a step beyond that. Yeah. We're talking about a team that could actually be Pac-12 champions and in the college football playoff next year. They, um, oh, college football playoff next year. No, I'm year? serious. I'm serious. <laughs> because I mean, let's, let's think about it. I know Deion Suns get at quarterback. He's the starter. He's basically already said that. But well, uh, I, again, let's think about this for a second. From one eleven to playoff in the current landscape of college football, would you agree that a one loss Pac-12 championship or one loss Pac-12 champion, excuse me, is certainly in the college football playoff? Um, well, one loss USC was, now I'll say this, Colorado does not have the name brand that's normally required if you're a one loss conference champ in a conference like the Pac-12, but what they do have, and maybe it's equally as important now, is a head coach that drives ratings. So, a lot, and I think you'll agree with this, a lot's got to be accomplished for Colorado to roll from 1-11 to 11-1 or 12-1. But I will agree with the point that Colorado will have a great chance because of who their head coach is. Yeah, Colorado on its own, I'd say no. But with the addition of Dion, that obviously helps out. Yeah, quite and this a bit. may sound hyperbolic to some, but I truly believe that's the most seismic coaching hire at the Power Five level of the 21st century because people need to understand just how much sway Dion has. He is about to get virtually whatever he wants in the transfer portal and whatever he wants on the recruiting trail. He's basically already told half of Colorado's current class of commits that they don't have a scholarship anymore. And believe me, if that's what he's telling half the class, it's because scholarship spots are going to come at a premium. And that would lead you to believe that him and his staff already have 
Big things lined up. By the way, the rumor for their D.C., they already have uh, the former Kent State's uh, head coach as their O.C. Mike Zimmer, former Mike Vikings Zimmer, head coach, as their defensive coordinator. How Man, about that? How about that? 405-651-3439. We'll get to your text. Uh, we're we're kind of waiting, watching for Marvin Mims, but the later this process gets, the better that you feel. Um, who else are we really keeping an eye on outside of Marvin Mims to see if they go pro? Do they enter the portal? I mean, I know everyone has a thought on it, but, like, you know, we're day two in the portal here. As far as OU is concerned, I'm pretty confident Woody Washington returns. At this point, the stay-or-go list heading into slash after the bowl game is pretty short. I think it's Marvin Mims, and I think it's C.J. Colden, and that's about it. So... I think there's a real good chance you get both of those guys back next year. Uh, it's not an overwhelming chance, but I would say the odds are greater than 50% that Marvin Mims returns, and it's about a 50-50 chance right now that C.J. Colton returns. But I think with the conversations that the OU staff is continuing to have with Colton regarding his draft stock and what will be on the table for him if he returns to OU for a seventh year of eligibility – which will make him the first seventh-year senior in program history. Yeah, I think in my heart of hearts, I bet you C.J. Colden comes back. Uh, Text line, any news on Brennan Presley and OU? You you, you mean Braylon Presley? Um, The Brennan Presley and OU stuff, you may not – I don't know how far you're going to get with that one, but Braylon Presley and OU, it kind of seems like there's still a lot of interest between Braylon Presley and OU, just like there was a year ago, Parker. And we'll see what OU does about that. I guess we're going to find out pretty quick exactly what they do about that. We will certainly find out quickly. Uh, on the Colorado conversation, we had a listener ask, how can Dion's son be quarterback at Colorado? He's already transferred once and hasn't graduated. Uh, no, he hasn't. He has not transferred. He was committed to Florida Atlantic, and he flipped to Jackson State after his dad took the head coaching gig there, but he has not already transferred. And, by the way, you essentially have – a free pass to transfer if the head coach at your current institution leaves anyway. Four, so. 405, uh, Dion is a DB. Well, do you mean defensive back <laughs> or do you mean uh, the the other DB? Uh-huh. Maybe you think uh, both of those things are true. I yeah. don't know. But one of them definitely is. He, he did used to be a defensive back. Yes. Yeah, and somebody asked, Parker, did you see Colorado this year? Yeah, I did. They sucked. They were atrocious. And I'm just telling you, Colorado in 2023 is not going to remotely resemble Colorado in 2022. It is going to be night and day different. Because, again, anybody that's doubting Dion's ability to turn things around there in a heartbeat does not realize just how much sway Dion has. Dion at a Power 5 job is going to be a problem for the rest of the country, especially at a Power 5 job with as much going for it in terms of campus and the college town vibe and just the overall university experience as Colorado. I would, um, if Dion wants some recommendations from me on how to run the Colorado program, I would say uh, avoid the situation I found myself in this summer in Boulder when um, we were watching a homeless man do a magic trick on the sidewalk. My wife wanted to keep walking, but for some reason I wanted to, to watch it. And, uh, well, we watched the trick for too long, Parker, 
and I ended up having to be a volunteer for the homeless man with the magic trick, which means having to stand by the homeless man during the magic trick. And if you're wondering, um, the homeless man smelled really, really bad. So for a good 15, 20-minute stretch, I had to smell uh, maybe the most severe case of B.O. that I've ever smelled in my entire life. B.O. and uh, weed, uh, weed smell. I, if you've ever smelled that before, maybe you have. That's that's what that uh, afternoon. I'd say like. what homeless man doing a magic trick is a pretty good metaphor for what's gone on at Colorado over the last <laughs> week or so, <laughs> isn't it? Oh God, it was so disgusting. Yeah, I had to. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was weird. And needless to say, the magic trick really didn't work, Parker, and it kind of bombed. Um, it was it was it was sad. Yeah. But I, w- I was there to assist on that uh, August afternoon in Boulder. One more question for the text line before we hit a break. Was told that Brent Venables is out in Utah visiting to Celia Kana out of Sky Ridge, four-star linebacker. What are the chances we land him in Norman? Uh, so that in-home was actually yesterday with Cecilia Kana. Brent Venables did that in-home on his way out to Las Vegas, as a matter of fact. So uh, he has checked in with Cecilia Kana, and this is a recruitment that purportedly has come down to OU, LSU, and Texas. My belief has been, ever since I went face-to-face with Cecilia Kana in Las Vegas back in June, that would have been, I've always felt he was going to be a Sooner in the end. I think that is the prevailing notion behind the scenes, and so the odds are very strong that Cecilia Kana ends up a Sooner. I'm being accused on the text line of hating homeless people. I don't hate homeless people. I just hate homeless people that try to get me to be involved in their magic tricks that fail miserably and kids are laughing on the sidewalk. Felt bad for that guy that day, but eh, I had to be a part of it. Hey, we got a special guest coming up next segment, by the way. Oh, who's that? Um, Travis Davidson. Oh, on a Tuesday? Yeah, he's with me on the rush again today. I love it. Uh, So, yeah, he's going to hang out with us for the next two segments. He'll be with me on the rush today from 3 to 6. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More text coming up next, more transfer portal, more recruiting. Ah, we got a lot to get to today. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas Thune, and old Davidson himself is going to join us for the next couple of segments. I gave Travis his due yesterday, Parker, on the rush. I addressed him as Travis Davidson, ref royal rumble champ. Yeah, you're a better man than me. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) What's up, Travis? Oh, you know, just just visions of trophies dancing through my head uh, in this holiday season. So, how are you boys doing? Um, well, uh, good. I just found something uh, during the break that I found fascinating. And I'm not, I'm really not trying to start anything. I'm just like reading what's going on on our ref Twitter page. So I put out one of those, you know, hey, 14 years ago today, da 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 da. Oh, you set an NCAA record. First team to score 60 plus points in five consecutive games, okay? And some guy, I guess, tweeted at Gerald McCoy and said, how did we only score 14 against Florida, SMH? Gerald McCoy responds, coaching, dot, 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 shrug emoji. The guy responds and says, oh, okay, LOL. By any chance, want to elaborate on that? 
Gerald McCoy says, poor play calling in key moments. And then he goes on to say, um, you know, because OU got stopped inside the five several times that night. Gerald McCoy says, again, coaching against a secondary where the tallest player was five foot 11, six foot six Titan. Dang, it's a day of celebration for Man. Kevin Wilson, and he's out here I catching strays. By Gerald McCoy, of all people. <laughs> Jeez. Man, may, was Gerald up for the TU job, and we just don't know it? <laughs> Maybe so. He's not. Hey, Travis. I, I can report that Gerald McCoy will not be the defensive coordinator at Tulsa. I can confirm that. Good to know. Good to know. Hey, I've seen crazier things. Yeah, true. Like Deion Sanders getting hired at Colorado. Is, is that what you're talking about? Oh, man. The Lord works in mysterious ways, my friends. Yeah. Well, we spent um, a lot of time yesterday talking about Braylon Presley. Uh, Travis was actually on the phone with Braylon Presley during the middle of a commercial break yesterday, Parker. So I, I don't know what other intel you have on the situation, but has anything developed with that situation since the last time you and I talked yesterday at 6 p.m. Central Time? Well, uh, Braylon wants to be at OU for sure. Um, he's talking right now with TCU and with Utah. Um, uh, his main goal is to get back in the backfield uh, um, Oklahoma State just put him at wide receiver and said, hey, you're going to be in the wide receiver room, even though he rushed for, what, 5,000 yards at 8.6 yards a carry in high school for like a billion touchdowns or something like that. I mean, he was a Gatorade player of the year twice over as a running back. So uh, he feels like that's what he wants to play. And he said he knew, he's known for a while that he was going to enter the portal. And um, as far as his quote went, he said, you know, if he, if he didn't say it, somebody else was going to say it, and he just wanted to be honest about why he was leaving. And he was actually kind of surprised that it, you know, caught caught fire the way it did. Yeah, well, hey, um, he, he wants to be at OU again, like we uh, kind of thought yesterday, Parker. And, you know, a lot of these guys, once they hit the portal or once it's known that they're going to hit the portal, teams are very active. So basically, if you want to get someone in the portal, like if you really want to offer them and pursue them, you better do it really quick. So I don't know if OU's already reached out or not or exactly what that situation looks like, but you better get after these kids quickly if you want to be involved in it, I guess. Yeah, well, and so many people have said the exact same thing. So many people that have very intimate knowledge of the portal landscape on a national level, they've all said the exact same thing, which is, look, if you're not back-channeling ahead of time, you're putting yourself behind the curve, and you're going to lose out on these big-time battles. And make no mistake, OU's doing it too. Every coaching staff that takes the portal seriously, which is just about everybody at this point Better. in time, save maybe for Clemson, uh, is doing it. They're all approaching this the exact same way, which is they know ahead of time what they're looking for, and they know which avenues to pursue. They know which contacts to make to be able to give themselves a head start in that capacity. Kenny from the 405 says, been in New York City since Thursday to catch a couple of New York Rangers games. Okay. What all did I miss with OU? LOL. Let's go Rangers and Boomer Sooner. Kenny, um, you've missed a lot. There's about, what, 14 players from OU currently in the portal. Though if you ask Zach Sanchez – the only one that he sees as any sort of a loss is Theo Weiss. I don't know if you guys saw that yeah. today or not. But OU is involved in, in seemingly pursuing a lot of players that are currently in the portal, including in, in a guy that we haven't spent a lot of time on. Are, are they going to pr uh, pursue Dorian Singer, 
who was the uh, leader in receiving yards in the Pac-12 this One past season? One would hope so, because that dude can ball. If you're talking about an impact guy at the wide receiver position, Dorian Sanger fits, fits that singer, excuse me, fits that bill more so than anybody in the portal right now. That said, OU's going to have to win that battle the hard way if they want to get him to Norman because he's going to have close to every single school in the country after him. And NIL uh, offers as and well. And NIL offers. Yes. You're the leading receiver in the Pac-12. Uh, Muleshoe, I think that there's probably yeah, a chance they Lord offer knows, him an NIL deal. Muleshoe will be allocating 55 of his 85 scholarships to <laughs> wide receivers. <laughs> probably. Just like the good old days, right? Just like the good old days. Parker, scale of 1 to 10, how bad is the screw-up if OU doesn't offer Braylon Presley the second time around? See, that's a good question because you got to consider the context, right? And you take into account what Travis said about Braylon wanting to play running back. Oklahoma's going to have tremendous depth at running back next year. They lose Eric Gray, sure, but you bring back Marcus Major, Javante Barnes, Gavin Sawchuk, and Emeka Megwa. A very capable walk-on, not your average walk-on by any means. Tawi Walker as well, another guy that's not your average walk-on and played a lot, especially on special teams this year. Then he also got Dalen Smothers and Caleb Hicks coming in. Now, for my money, Braylon Presley is still a guy worth having on your roster. I, because I agree, if I think, man. If, I think if you bring him in, he's going to carve out a role for himself. And it doesn't necessarily have to be as a traditional running back. Exactly. Because he's a slash weapon, man. He is a pure athlete. And so... A guy like that is always worth having in your uniform. But if OU doesn't offer Braylon Presley, I don't think it's the end of the world for this offense. There are going to be other guys that step in and contribute. I think four or five maybe because I just – this is a guy that most people would like to see in an OU uniform because they understand how dominant he was at the high school level and what a dynamic weapon he is for an offense. So I I don't think it's an egregious oversight if OU doesn't offer him just because of existing depth at running back, but my firm opinion is that they should go after him and lock him down, especially with the knowledge that this is where he wants to be. Well, what Travis and I kind of said yesterday is, I mean, in, in a way, a lot of what you said. Do I envision him as a running back here that would get 25 carries a game like Eric Gray did this year? No, no not necessarily. But he can be highly effective, Travis. He doesn't need the ball 25 times to be an impact player for you. He can get the ball five to eight times. You can get creative with him. Just get him out in open space, and good things are going to happen. That's how you can use him. And to me, that's worth the scholarship. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, you know, Bixby got the ball to him creatively many different ways. He got him in space. And while we do have a lot of running back depth, like Parker said, I'm not sure you have one kind of this mold, right? I mean, you've got Megua, who's a tank. You know, he can he can really be a monster uh, in between the tackles. Um, Barnes is obviously carved out a spot as RB one. Like you can kind of kind of pick and choose kind of where people are are fitting in their roles. But not only would Braylon, I think, carve out a nice little role. He can be a returner if you need him to. Yep. Um, and he's got a little brother that um, is going to start as a true freshman uh, or start as a freshman uh, at Bixby as defending state title Bixby Spartans as a corner. Um, and if you're looking at Brennan and you're looking at Braylon and you look at the rest of their family who all went D1 in either track 
or in football, then might not be a bad idea to get a Presley uh, on the roster. Here's the way I think you have to look at it. And somebody on the text line said, Presley can be OU's Tavon Austin. Uh, yes. Yes and amen. But I think the way you have to look at it is, would you process somebody to make room for Braylon Presley? Tyler, I would process somebody uh, yeah, to make room for I, Braylon I, Presley. I, I, I would too. Yeah, I, I, I definitely would. I mean, two-time Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Oklahoma. He just offers some things. You know, he doesn't have size. Sure, that's, you know, that, that's something that was an issue in the past. But what he does have is elite speed. We saw that football-wise. We saw that track-wise. The guy has speed that not a lot of people have. Yeah, I would, and, I would make room for and him. And can we all acknowledge, by the way, another text in the text line, uh, press or, oh gosh, I lost the text. Somebody said, basically, I've watched little guys like that tear up OU's defense for years. Yes. Go get him. But can we all acknowledge that small dudes who are crazy quick are maybe the hardest guys to tackle in all of football? Yeah, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll add this. Um, when I when I spoke with him yesterday, I was just kind of asking, okay, measurements. Have you run a forty anytime soon? Like lately, this, that, and the other. His last three forties are four three nine, four three nine, four three seven. Yeah, that'll, were, that'll play. And they were all that'll lasered. Play. And they were all lasered. <laughs> he finished se- he finished second in the hundred meter state to who? Jaden Rowe. Um, like th- this is a guy that is well liked by everybody who's ever met him. Um, and the the text line brings up a great point. Just. Get the get the Bixby pipeline going, man. I mean, Bixby's going nowhere but up. I mean, they just won the state championship, sixty nine to six. They didn't do that with a bunch of bums. So uh, it stands to reason that hey, you know what? Getting a Bixby guy or two on, in in the program might not be a bad thing for recruiting Oklahoma. And like I said, four three nine, four three nine, four three seven. That dog will hunt. Yeah. Peyton, by the way, says, has Teddy at least sent a ha-ha or ROFL yet about Presley? So I told you guys yesterday when I texted him and told him to tell Britt Venables to offer Braylon Presley. I told you guys. I told you guys. He would send me an LOL back. Guess what? I'm looking at it right now. He sent me an LOL back. He probably was listening. And I didn't re- – yeah, right, from Vegas. I doubt it. And I didn't respond to the LOL, and then he sent me back OU signee attrition rate study 2017 to 2022, which the fact that Teddy sent this, I'm like, I don't know if you did this or where you got this, but thanks. Uh, 2017, that class, the attrition rate, 48%. Yep. 2018, 48%. 2019, that class we keep talking about, 50%. 2020, 43, 2021, 44, 2022, just 19%. So, so far, uh, Brent Venable's first class is the lowest uh, by far. Those guys have had less time to prove that they don't belong, to be fair. But that's crazy, man. You're hovering around 50% every single year. 50% for a top eight class back in 2019. That's that's nuts, It's hard to establish sustained success when you don't have continuity, which makes Oklahoma's success over the last few years all the more impressive, honestly. All right, we'll close up Locked In coming up next. But there's betting odds out there for certain players in the transfer portal. Yeah, that's a real thing that you can bet on, I guess. We'll tell you about that more coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.
All right, final segment locked in with McComas Thune Davidson. He'll be joining me from uh, 3 to 6 today on The Rush. And I believe in teamwork, guys. Teamwork can make the dream work. It can also make us all pretty rich and have some cash in our pocket before uh, the Christmas holiday season uh, gets here. Um, Hudson Card, the odds are out. Plus 300, he lands at TCU. Plus 400, he lands at Notre Dame. Wisconsin, plus 475. Kentucky, plus 500. Oklahoma State and Coastal Carolina are both at plus 1,500. So if you guys got information, text line, if you have information, let's get it going. Come on, let's all put some money on where Hudson Card and some of these other transfers are going to land so we can have some extra spending money around the holidays. Anybody got an idea? That's incredible. I, I haven't heard much on Hudson Card. Parker, you heard much? I mean, outside Hudson of the normal, Card? like, early stuff. Yeah, like, no. Oh, I, watch for these 10 schools. I really I really haven't. And, again, the quarterback dominoes are about to be crazy. I think Hudson Card is going to end up being one of the less coveted guys on the market. So it may be a case of which school realizes that they can't get one of the truly big names in the portal and has to settle. Hudson Card's going to be one of those guys that just settle for it. I think he's a fine option. But What are the Oklahoma are, State odds? Uh, plus 1,500. Hmm. Good odds there. Tasty odds. The, the field wouldn't is plus 600. His, wouldn't have to get rid of his orange stuff. That's, I mean, that's good. <laughs> that's a little bit different of a shade, but, yeah, well, it, it, it works. It works. Well, I don't know, Travis. He would be going from a culture or from a program that doesn't have a winning culture to a program that does have a winning culture, according to what I heard <laughs> earlier this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, although it would be – It'd be weird when he saw the uh, the student athlete parking lot. Yeah, four. Like, what is this? The fa- faculty lot? What's going on here? Where are the Lambos? Uh, this text says, "Yeah, I might just sell feet picks instead of gambling. More of a sure thing for extra <laughs> no. money." It's so true, so gross as well. Yeah. You know, hey, I, I, I'm just saying. If you've got information, let's make some cash. Uh, a lot of people before we get out of here. That was a short hour, by the way. Um, asking when the timeline is going to be for a lot of these guys, Parker and. I think it just depends on the player. I, I think that there's some kids that we could hear in the next 48 hours or by the end of the week and maybe some other guys that we won't hear about for a couple of weeks. Man, like we've been saying, a lot of these guys that hit the portal know exactly where we're going or where they're going, excuse me. But that's not the case for everybody. And it will be, things will operate on a different timeline for everybody involved. The really highly coveted guys – are going to make their decisions quickly, I would imagine, especially guys that are trying to enroll at their next school by January. So give it a week, and I would say we'll have a pretty good idea of who Oklahoma has lined up in the portal. You know, something that's uh, slipped through the cracks today because of everything else going on, 2024 defensive lineman David Stone, who feels like OU's got a good chance at, he picked up an Alabama offer today. So just – I don't – I'm not no, – just – it, just interesting today that he got an Alabama offer. It's just one of those offers where you say, oh, okay. Right. Color I'm me. amazed it took them that long to offer the, what, a top two defensive lineman in the in the country? Yeah, That's color me weird. unworried. You're unworried. Unworried. Final answer. All right, there you go. Uh, Parker says unworried about David Stone to Bama, and Colorado's going to the college football playoff next year. You heard it right here on the ref. <laughs> the, the rush is coming up next. <laughs>